If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Women Physicians Lead, hosted by Dr. Lisa Herbert, helps women physicians move from surviving to thriving in their personal and professional lives. Dr. Lisa shares leadership tips, burnout support, stress management strategies, and inspiration from women physicians who've made remarkable transitions into leadership roles. There's a fantastic episode that you should check out called Taking Care of Yourself During the Journey, about how women physicians can care for themselves while on their leadership journeys. Check out Women Physicians Lead on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I used to say survivor, but I'm not a survivor. I'm a winner because I won that battle. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Tosh. How are you? Hey, how are you, Wynn? Good. Thank you so much for being here. I know our listeners and our audience missed you last week, but you're here today, and I'm so excited that we get to kick off this second episode uh, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month with you. I am happy to be here. Yeah. So why don't you uh, tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Because I know all about you, uh, which we'll get into a little later. But tell them about who's Latasha Ingram. Uh, I wear many hats. Um, But today I will speak on Latasha Ingram, the winner. Mm. Um, I used to say survivor, but I'm not a survivor. I'm a winner because I won that battle. So I no longer want to. Um, say survivor. This this other survivor, what well, winner? Um, she actually gave me that. She was like, "No, you're not a survivor. You're a winner because you won." Um, and I was like, "I love that. I'm gonna start using that." So um, so today I'll just speak on that title. Um, and I am a two time breast winner, breast cancer winner. Um, my first diagnosis was with DCIS, which is a ductal carcinoma, um, the early stages of breast cancer forming. And a year later, when I went into my um, follow-up, my annual MRI, that's when I found out that I had a more invasive um, form of breast cancer, which was um, labeled as HER2. And I went into the whole process of more intense therapy. Yes. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And where are you now in your process? What are you doing now? Um, Right now, I am still in the process of healing because I just celebrated my one-year mastectomy anniversary, June 2nd. And of this year, 
and I celebrated my one year completion of chemotherapy um, via IV September 23rd, three days after my birthday. So I got to celebrate life twice. Um, so I was really excited about that. Um, and right now I'm in the process of just healing the mastectomy. I had reconstruction. Um, so where they removed my muscle in my back and they did the flap and that takes a while to heal from. <laughs> um, I wish I would have got a little more advice and input from people who actually had that done. Um, and with me having radiation, it impacted my recovery more because um, when I spoke with my physical therapist, she was explaining to me how uh, I think they call it fiscal, fisco, where the inflammation from the, um, don't quote me, um, of the name of it, but it's the inflammation from the radiation, it still sits in the body. Mm. And she actually informed me about a research that she and her friend were conducting and looking into and found out that women of color with more melanin, um, they tend to harbor the radiation. Mm. So she was telling me how um, we have we as Caucasian women, they burn and it doesn't like stay inside them due to the melanin, the lack of the melanin that um, they have. So that was a good input. Um, so I'm still feeling the effects of my radiation treatment on top of the surgery. So just dealing with that. And I noticed now that the weather's changing, I experience more pain. Um, I start mm-hmm. to experience more pain when it rains, the cold weather. So just managing that um, during this time, I usually um, start my lymphatic massages because that helps a lot. Um, I start using my heating pads because that helps a lot. Um with the pain and I just try to like put on a lot of like warm clothing mm-hmm. over the my left side where I had the mastectomy at. Um and as far as treatment follow-up, I was just asked if I wanted to do a uh, follow-up with um a new clinical trial drug. Well I don't know how new it is. Um oh, what is the name of it? What what's the name of it? Zaloda. Zaloda, yes. Um, so I've been processing that and if I want to go through that again, um, after reading the side effects of it, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like, as soon as you feel like you, um, overcame a hump, it's like, no, um, no, we still have to deal with this. So it's, it's a lot to process. I think, um. Like looking at my body and the physical change is less of a process for me. Like when I see it, I'm just like, yes, I'm here, you know? So my scars is like, it's like my tattoos. It doesn't bother me. Like I embrace my one boob with the missing nipple. Um, And it's more things like the mental aspect of it. Um, Not being able to really wear a bra comfortable. Wondering if I'll ever be able to like put a bra on and feel comfortable wearing one. It's like those things that were my norms. Um, not being able to really physically exercise the way I'm used to bothers me. 
I was <laughs> talking with a friend and um, we were just discussing how, you know, having the news given to you, it even affects the way you, the food intake that you, you know, you're worried about, like, is this food going to get me sick? And, you know, you start to freak out. And I, I have to explain to her, like, you know, I, I was like that after my treatment and after everything. And then I had to stop because I was like, I'm freaking myself out. Like, um, I wasn't eating red meat when it happened. And I still, the, the breast cancer still came twice. So I realized that it's, it's, it's going to come, you know? Um, so just live my life and try to have balance. But it's, it's more of a, a mental, I think, a mental and emotional adjustment because, like, out of nowhere, I'll just be thinking, like, dang, a year ago today, I looked like this. Um, mm-hmm. Pictures will come up in my phone. Like, just recently, I'm, I'm doing a project for this mentoring um, program, teaching fellowship that I'm in, um, mentoring program that I'm in, and it was like a my journey in teaching and part of my journey in teaching was getting um, breast cancer twice um, at my beginning stages of teaching. So I'm just looking through the pictures and I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at how my face broke out. Um, I'm looking at like the transformation of my hair. And then it just made me like break down a little bit because I thought about like, wow, this is how my kids saw me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, and then to just last night. So it's like different stages happen where it'll come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, last night was the stage where. I was processing for the first time fully like how my kids had to watch me go through it and how strong they were and how much of a support system my children and my, my sister, my mother, my father, my brothers, um, you, you know, my, my family friends, like I'm, and I'm looking at the pictures after my surgery, during treatment and all the love I had around me. And I was just couldn't help but to thank God and, you know, give God all the praise um, of me being able to have so much love around me during this time. Um, so I feel like I am, like, I, I can't help but to give thanks to and honor to God at all times um, for me being here. Um so it's like the emotional part, like just certain things will pop up that I didn't have time to process during the time. Um, and even looking at the pictures and I'm like, wow, I really am resilient and I am so blessed and so covered. Like God literally had me covered with the blood of Jesus during this time because I'm looking at how I was teaching. I was teaching K2 students during a pandemic where we were still in the midst of the pandemic, COVID still heavy, and I was healthy. Like, I was healthy. Like, I was able to do my work, smile, and I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm truly blessed. Um, 
And even when I went in the second time and just seeing how the my students just like they just embraced it. Like they just embraced the transitions. <laughs> like some days I would have my bald head. Some days I'd throw on a wig depending on how cold it was. Some days um I would have like the head wraps. And then mm-hmm. I'm looking like I remember one of my students was like, Miss A, your hair's coming back. And they saw the little spikes and it was like seeing their reaction and so it was like my students were going through the transition with me, and that was a a, a true blessing for me. Um, when I when I have the time now to process it and really like think about it, so I would say like right now I'm I'm in the process of still like finally being able to slow down and process what happened to me. Um, and I know that might take time. It's going to take like time, years, who knows how long the process will be. But I'm just thankful that I'm here um, and I'm able to do the work God put before me to do. And um, I was nervous starting the Zalota. And then I'm just like, you know, God got me through chemo not once but twice. So I know he'll get me through this and still be able to do the task that he put before me to do. So I'm not going to move in fear. I'm going to move in in faith. Faith and fear can't um, coexist. So um, I'm like, no, I'm I'm not, not today, Satan. I'm not going to move in that fear. And I had to actually had to talk with my son and daughter. I didn't get to speak to my oldest son yet. He's very busy. Um, But I have to call him and I just let them know um, that, I will be starting the Zalota in December because I wanted to wait until I was on like the school break to start it um, because I don't know how my body's going to respond to it with it being pills. And I know my stomach is my digestive tract. It's very picky on what it wants to take in. So um, I let them know. And we had a good talk about it. And they're just like, I'm just so blessed with the children that I have. They're all so supportive. Um, all three of them, um, my two sons and my daughter, like they check in, um, you know, their pains in the butt. I mean, that's what they are, but they, they are definitely supportive. And they're just like, okay, first, you know, they're worried. They're like, why? I thought, you know, my daughter's first response is, and it it showed you how the children have, your family have the, the same trauma. Like they deal with the same trauma because my daughter had a trauma response. Her response was, I thought they said that you were done. Why do they keep saying that you're fine? And then they keep giving you medicine because she remembers after the, my mastectomy, I had to go back on the more intense chemo, the AC. And um, so you could kind of see her fear coming in. And it's just like, no, I am that they didn't see anything. Let's just get that clear. It's just preventative. Um, Because of the first form that I had, it was different from the second. And the second one was more invasive. Um, I'm like, when they took everything out. There was nothing around it. There was nothing in my lymph nodes, thank God, but they just do it for preventative. And I had to like give her that calm, but I could see it on both of them. And I know when I tell my oldest son 
that's going to be his response too. Like, I thought they said you were, you were done. And then his response is always, well, you know, whatever you, you do, we got you. So I, yeah, I already know his response. <laughs> yeah. And I think you said a couple of really key things. Uh, one is, you know, talking to other people who may have been through the same experience, the one who told you about the trial and the radiation. Uh, just so you know, because now you're passing on that knowledge to other people who can go look yeah. that up and just kind of know, especially for women of color. And you also said um, about the family, your family also goes through it, even though you're physically going through it. Your family is mentally, yeah. emotionally, and your friends also impacted yeah. by by the journey of uh, breast cancer. Um, and can you back up and just say, how were you diagnosed? How did you know you had breast cancer? What happened? Okay, so the first time I, so I was already being followed because of my family history. My grandmother on my dad's side, um, she had a mastectomy on her right breast when she was 50, 55. Um, and so my sister and I, my sister started being followed first and then I started to have cysts in my breast mm -hmm. and, but it was more so on the right side where the cysts were coming, forming. And I was like having a, um, a tight, um, cord, the lymph node cord, mm -hmm. it tight. And so they would just go in and they noticed that the cysts, when the cyst got bigger, my that's when they noticed that my lymph node cord would get tight. So it was during the pandemic. I thought it was because I was doing a lot of typing, um, being on Zoom with the work that I do. Um, and so I made an appointment, went in to see my doctor, let them know. I'm like, maybe these cysts are back, you know. Um, I didn't really feel any pain because I usually feel the pain with the cyst. And um so they were checking my right side because that's the side I was feeling the discomfort on. Um, and when they went to do the mammogram, they found it on my left side. Mm. And I always tell, like, I, I, I did a whole thing with this family, friends. When they do your mammogram, it's so important for you to just try to withstand that pain. Because if I was squirming, moving, complaining, they could have missed it because mm -hmm. me being small, um, they they have to really like go in and it's very painful. The smaller your boobs are, the more painful it is. Um, and people don't realize that. So I was like in a lot of pain, but I was like breathing through it and they saw like classifications in the back of my breast tissue. Um, so... They called me, asked me to come in for a mass, I mean, for a biopsy. I came in. That's when I got the call. I will never forget July 27th that um, I was in the middle of a Zoom with a student at work when they called me um, and told me that um, my tests came back positive. And I remember before I could form an emotion, I literally heard God's voice say, I got you. Mm. I always tell that like I heard when God was like I got you I'm gonna use you mm. I instantly felt calm Um. so I went in I had a lumpectomy during my lumpectomy um, I want to voice a, express 
the importance of advocacy because women of color are mistreated, which mm -hmm. is crazy. So during one of my um, procedures, when I was getting the clips put in, I had a male doctor tell me that he had to be rough with me because with my demographics were known to have dense tissue. So he has to be rough. And there was a woman, um, a Caucasian woman that was standing there with him. Um, it was a, a doctor of color, Indian. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I got to be rough because you're demographic. And I'm like. Oh, we'll have to bring you back to really unpack that. We, yeah. we definitely need to talk yeah. about that. I just, but I just looked at him and I said, yeah. while he was in me, I was like, what if someone's, what if I am rough with your nuts? Mm -hmm. I was like, because my breast is sensitive like your nuts. Wow. Wow. And yeah. We, we need to talk about that. Self-advocacy is so important for yes. Uh, minorities and knowing that you're not alone. You are not alone in this. You don't have to do this alone. And, and Tosh, what would your message be for women out there? October being breast cancer awareness month, what would your message be for women who or you know who have a family history or who have who are 40 yeah. over? It's good to know your family history. Um it's good to be checked. Um Frequently, mammograms are serious. Mm -hmm. And once again, that advocacy thing that I was talking about is it's important to advocate for yourself um, because they will try to tell you, oh, your age, because that's what, how they were trying to dismiss me mm -hmm. um, because of my age. I didn't fall into the bracket of my age. And I have to remind my doctors if you check my chart, I was diagnosed with a couple of things that, you know, didn't fall into my age bracket. So once again, that advocacy, um, I had a lumpectomy a year later, I was diagnosed with more invasive. Mm -hmm. That one, I was not as calm with, I was really scared. And I, I for one, I just want to say that my medical team, minus that one poor experience was amazing. Um, even once I advocated and let my doctor know what happened, right there like right there supportive um they they reached out to the person over you know that department let them know what happened so i just wanted to end that with that because i don't want people to think that oh you advocate that's it no um you have you can have a, a very supportive strong medical team diverse medical team it's my yes. my medical team is diverse because people think oh me being a woman of color i just have to have people of color no no that's not true yes. um, it's, it's because ignorance isn't through color ignorance is right. just was with some people's just in them you know yeah but my medical team was very diverse and they were so supportive um even now to this day my my doctor is um, my oncologist is very supportive, um, and my breast oncologist is support supportive, as well as my um, surgeon. Um, yeah, that's important. Yes, that's very important. Um, no, th this is good. This is really it. So we're gonna bring you back for part two because I want to unpack that advocacy piece 
yeah. for individuals, uh, you know, with breast cancer who just health in general. Because I know you have uh, some stories that you can tell to really impact uh, people's lives and what they're doing and yeah. how they can hook up with support. So go out there and get your mammograms, get your ultrasounds. Yeah. Mammograms, ultrasounds, know your body. Yes, yes. It's important to feel your breast and know your body because um, if I didn't know my body and I wasn't familiar that something wasn't right, that could have been overlooked because my surgeon, um, he always said, you have angels with you. He was like, because okay. people that usually have what you have, it doesn't get detected until they're in their late 40s, 50s. Mm. Where it's hidden. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say know your body um, and just learn how to advocate for yourself and know that um, you are your first doctor. Yeah. And th- we're going to come back and talk about that advocacy. That that whole that needs a whole nother segment. Uh, that is so, so, so important just in cancer in general. So definitely come back. Um, So Tosh, thank you so much for sharing your story and you'll be back. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, Go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.